Welcome to the Addy Hour, where we talk brain science, mental health, faith, culture, and social justice. Having attended one of Dr. Addy's town halls, I can tell you that it's vital information for anyone living in America right now. It was the first time in a very, very long time where I felt like all of me could show up, each parts of my identity. I'm your host, Dr. Nee Addy. My friend, Dr. Nee Addy, is such a unique person who is both scientifically astute, understands the human soul and the mind. At the same time, he has compassion and empathy for the masses. He's been nothing but a blessing to my congregations and my friends. It was the first time I felt like it was safe to talk about issues that are usually not talked about, like mental health and faith and wrestling with your identity. By the end, I walked out feeling so much more validated and hopeful. What's going on, Addy Hour fam? Just wanted to take a minute to say thank you to all of you who've been engaged, who've been riding with me on this podcast, so to speak, over the last year. And for those of you who've jumped in even after the year began, just want to take a minute to thank you all since we are actually at our one year anniversary of launching the podcast. We had our first, first episode drop in March of 2021. And it's been a great journey to be on with all of you. This is not the end by any sense. We have lots of new episodes coming up. I did want to take a moment just to acknowledge all the support and engagement and encouragement um, that all of you listeners have uh, given over this past year. Also for today's episode, we're doing something a little bit different. The conversation is actually going to be centered on a new play, a new production that's ongoing at the Ensemble Studio Theater in New York City called What You Are Now. And it really is a culmination and a representation of neuroscience meets the arts. Um, and this, this actual play has so many topics that are at the heart of what we talk about on this podcast. So in this conversation today, I'm honored to be able to host the playwright, Sam Chance, as well as three cast members from the production, Pase Pao, Robert Lee Lang, and Sonny Brown. It's a great conversation. And with that, let's just go ahead and jump in. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Addy Hour. It's great to be here with all of you. And as always, I've really enjoyed hosting these conversations and just having the opportunity to peel back the layers, as it were, on so many important topics and to have so many different guests from different walks of life who've been able to share their professional expertise and their personal experiences as well. Uh, it's been encouraging to hear how you all as audience members and listeners have really engaged in these topics. And today I'm excited to be able to carry that conversation forward again. I had the opportunity to actually see a preview of this play a few weeks back, and it's really powerful and gripping story about memories, about trauma, about resilience and hope. Centers on the family and the story of a family of Cambodian refugees here in the United States and their journey. Also leans into the lead character, who's actually a neuroscientist, researching memory formation and also thinking about ways that memory can be altered and perhaps even removed when thinking about the traumas and challenges her family has been through. Um, so today, again, I'm honored to be able to uh, be able to host the playwright and some of the cast members for what I think will be a really great conversation. We're doing something a little bit different because we have four guests for the first time. Uh, usually we have three or less, but I think this conversation is one that's really going to flow well and also knowing the work that they've done together as a group, I'm really excited to be able to host the conversation. 
So to start out, I'd like to introduce Sam Chance, who is the author of the play. Um, she is someone who has been deeply involved in lots of different types of work. I promised her I'd keep the introduction short, not to go on too long about the accolades. So I'll leave it there for now, but we'll also come back at some of her investment in this topic as we go through. But first thing, I want to actually pass it on to Sam to introduce the cast members who are here joining us today. So Sam, I'll pass it over to you. Sure. Uh, so I'm just going in order of the Zoom boxes as they appear on my screen. <laughs> Pase Pal is uh, here with us. Uh, you got, you're all in New York. I happen, I'm in um, California right now. But uh, and Pase is playing the role of Pia in the play. Uh, Robert Li Lang, who is uh, playing, who plays the role of Durrani in the play, and. Sonny Brown, who is playing the role of Shantria. I definitely agree with you. It was an amazing play. And if I could, we'd have had everybody in the podcast. But of course, that would be, I think, a tough conversation to squeeze into an hour. But I'm grateful that you all were able to, to join for this conversation as well. Um, and Sam, I actually wanted to start out with you. You know, as my listeners know, I often like to check in and see how people are doing at this moment in time. Um, and with everything that we've, you know, walked through in the last few years, I know for the ensemble, Studio Theater, this was the first production in a while that was actually done in person with a live audience. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, you know, what that experience has been like, you know, being back um, with a production that you've written uh, on, in an in-person setting. How, how has that been over these last uh, few weeks as the, uh, the play has kicked off? No, I, I mean, it's been really, for me, it's been really uh, amazing to be in the, to have had the time in the room with with folks, I and I wasn't there for the whole process because mm -hmm. I, I'm in California right now, so I haven't been able. To, so I'll, I was joining on Zoom for a while, which was familiar territory after the last few years. <laughs> and I think it always felt like this production was very uncertain. I think everything has felt really um, fragile, and mm -hmm. I kind of didn't know. I never really knew if things were going to proceed from week to week, like what was going to happen. And yeah. would this ever have an audience? Would we ever be in the space together? And so being in the space with, um, with, with everyone and working together on this has been just, it's just really beautiful. I can't, and, and I think it really is uncertain also. And mm -hmm. I feel aware of that. Like it feels like everyone's been, really putting a lot out there to be there and risking a lot. And um, after the last few years, I think it just, yeah, I don't, I, I think there was a different kind of awareness of the preciousness of being together in space. Yeah. Well. Yeah. That's really well said. Um, and mirrors just a lot of things, you know, just I'm sure as you all have heard just from so many folks too, that have held those two together. I mean, having that precious, beautiful moment, but also the uncertainty that's there at the same time. Um, so definitely appreciate how you honestly you shared that and still true um, in a lot of ways. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask just to get a feel from um, the cast members as well, how has that been for you all being back on stage and having having people in the audience actually uh, listening in and, and uh, engaging with you? And then also, if you could actually just talk about maybe a little bit about your journey and what drew you um, to this production as well. I realized I just asked three questions in one, but <laughs> I'm going to let you all take it from there. Actually, if we could start with Pasey, that'd be great. Sure. Um, I think I'm just sort of still, uh, um, what's the word? Um, <laughs> 
what Sam just said really, really touched me about the uncertainty. It, I think that she just hit something that's sort of been inside me for the last couple of months of working on this play, the uncertainty of whether this play was going to go on, you know, we test every week. So at any point in the week, we could be shut down, whether we were going to have an audience. Um, this is my first time on stage. So the uncertainty there. So the weight of that is just sort of hitting me <laughs> at this wow. very moment. Wow. And it's really, really, I think, closely tied to being a refugee. Mm-hmm. Um, the uncertainty that my parents felt and the uncertainty that I felt growing up in general. Um, and it's just all hitting me right now at this very moment wow. because of that one word that Sam said. So thank you, Sam, for for um, for sharing that. Um, I think that definitely encapsulates my process, you know, moving forward, but not certain if if we are going to actually go forward, but still continuing just like marching marching on um because you know damn if I'm gonna get on stage and not know my lines Mm. (laughs) so um, I don't know if that answers all of your questions but that's definitely where I am at this very moment just Mm -hmm. having heard um what Sam had to share yeah thanks so much for sharing that and just being in the moment too I mean it sounds like a lot of it is just kind of hitting you in a way all at once that it hadn't before. Would you say that you, did you kind of sense it as you were walking through um, or was it also, cause I mean, at some level, I, I assume you're also trying to be about your craft and about your work. So you think it's something that you just were focused in the moment and as, as this time have time to pause or do you think you kind of sensed it as you were moving through that kind of feeling of uncertainty? I think I definitely sensed it, but um, I'm, you know, reading this book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. Mm. And, you know, one of the main things about trauma is that you don't have, that most people can't verbalize it. They Mm -hmm. can't put a word to what they're experiencing. So I've definitely sensed it throughout this whole process, but I didn't realize that what I was sensing was uncertainty. Um, Even though I was feeling it sort of, you know, all throughout Mm -hmm. um, because of all the different factors that we were talking about with COVID um, especially and with it being my first experience. So yes, um, a thousand percent, (laughs) I sensed it. Yeah, yeah. And when Sam put a word to it, it just sort of like thinged. Yeah, yeah, that's really well said. Appreciate you sharing uh, so honestly as well. Sonny, what about you? Uh, how has this process been for you? Uh, it's been an amazing process. Um, I remember one of the early rehearsals asking our director, Steve Cosson, um, is there a possibility the show's not going to go on? You know, because mm-hmm. we'd had a, um, the last surge of COVID um, and it was affecting a lot of people. And I was like, wow, okay, so what's going I mean, are we here rehearsing for ourselves? Um, but even if we were just rehearsing for ourselves, the play hit me in such a way that it was worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, I've told Sam this a couple of times and I tell everybody, this is the best role I've ever had. Wow. Just uh, in the complexity of the woman 
the things that she's gone through, um, that people can find humor in her and that she can break some hearts is is a dream role. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's amazing for me. Um, so the whole process has been incredibly uh, fulfilling, but at the same time in the background, there's all this stuff going on in the world and COVID is still a thing and we're still getting tested. We had a couple of scares, um, but we, I mean, I personally can only speak for myself. Um, it's all been worth any kind of stress or um, uncertainty for my, for me personally. It's just been a great journey. Wow, that's really powerful. That's so great to hear. I mean, in a sense, as you're both sharing everything that you're continuing to navigate, even as you're, you know, about your work and, and putting this on for audiences as well. So definitely appreciate that, that uh, full spectrum of emotions and feelings that have kind of been going on all at the same time. Robert, what about you? How's the process been? Um, uh, the process has been, uh, it's been a lot. It's been, um, I think to, you know, to kind of be present in this moment and, and you know, and hear what um, Sam per se and, and Sonny are saying, it's, it's definitely highlighting um, some of the, the emotions and some of the, the struggles that have that have stuck out the most mm. for sure and you know and living within this you know collective time of uncertainty mm -hmm. um definitely has been a lot of that and i think a lot of the days i've uh tried to be as fully present and committed and kind of you know try to put aside some of that mm you know, um, wanting things to be headed somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, um, and there's been a weird relationship with time. I think my concept of time has always been very strange. Like, you know, early on in rehearsals, I would have this feeling every day of like, you know, we come here every day and every day is new, but then we're doing the same things. Mm -hmm. But, and it's like, this is how we choose to live our lives. Like we come every day, we commit and we put so much hard work into doing this with so many hours every day. And I'm like, this is, this is really beautiful, but it's also such a, I think it could be kind of overlooked of like, you know, you do this every day, like you commit your time on this planet to doing this every day. And I'm like, yeah, like this is, this is what we do. And then with all of the uncertainty, it just adds kind of like a weight to it, an extra yeah. layer of weight to it. Um, but overall, it has been amazing in so many ways that that I think are, you know, so many things have been challenging, challenging and painful and, you know, um, uh, like a pulling open of, you know, of, of yourself. Mm -hmm. But overall, um, has been amazing. And I think it's such a, yeah, grateful to have this experience so far, still going. Yeah, still going, still going. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that level of candor too, as you all have been sharing, just the process you all have been going through. Because again, that's not something I think people would necessarily see at the front end walking into the play. Um, but at the same time, you know, as you all have been sharing, you know, some thoughts are coming to mind as well. One, because again, there were so many aspects of the play that you all pulled in together. I mean, aspects of 
memory, aspects of trauma, racism, race relations, uh, assimilation, you know, refugee status, family dynamics. Um, and obviously I'm biased in watching it play too, because I felt like all the topics in the play were all the things that were about on this podcast um, as well. So it was really nice to see that brought to life in a sense. Um, but then even watching the preview, and this may have just been me too, but I felt like, you know, a lot of the emotions that were in the play really kind of uh, leapt off the stage in a sense and felt very real to me in that moment. And so I'm also just curious as you all, because you've touched on this already, just your own life experiences, and, you know, how this has been one of the most powerful, you know, roles that you've been in, how has your own life experience within this moment and just in general impacted how you've walked into the art in a sense? Um, and I'd actually just be curious to see, you know, those emotions that I seem to sense that seem so genuine to me, was that completely you all being just that excellent in your craft or were there aspects of yourselves that also came into that as well? So again, I'm asking lots of questions at once, but I'm just curious if you all would want to comment on any of those, any of those comments or aspects. Robert, I might start with you to kind of reverse the order this time around, not to put you on the spot, but. Okay. Um, just like how our life has been, our journey leading up to this point, like how it's kind of like, like blended in together. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> just process for myself. Yeah. Um, ah, damn. Um, I think it had to have happened like this. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, at times, you know, I do kind of think about, you know, fate in a way, and some things are too much to be just coincidences. And mm -hmm. I think there's so many things I don't understand, but sometimes, uh, sometimes things just kind of make sense in some weird existential way. And I think that in, in terms of my life, I feel like there's so many stages in my life where I just got completely lucky just you know without really being able to understand it yeah. um just feeling like I just got lucky somehow and you know starting this process being here and, and having these conversations with, with all these great people I'm like oh it seems like all that luck kind of like contributes to a purpose you know um, where I'm like, oh, well, then it kind of like makes you look at things in the past a little differently of like, oh, um, you know, those, a lot of those things needed to happen for, mm -hmm. for this to be possible, mm -hmm. I think, for me to allow myself to do this, to see things in this way, um, to try to work in this way, uh, to be giving and accepting of, you know, of a lot of these processes, which are difficult. Um, and I think, I think something quickly is that like I think I lived a certain way where um somehow I continue to stay really curious about things and and right now like even in this moment throughout this this rehearsal play process is like I feel like I I feel like I, I like as as a man walking through the world slowly get into a place of like of getting like putting a lot of those things down, you know, um, which is really, which is hard, but I feel like the more I put down in terms of, in terms of what it means to be a man or what I've conceptualized in my mind from a kid up until now is that like, the more I let go, the more I put down, the more I, I kind of like um, break down and, and, and let kind of dissolve, like the more 
I feel like I can really be of service mm. and really be a part of something. Um, and um, I think I'm being vague, but, uh, you know, but being around all of this, all, all of the great women that, that I've had to, a chance to talk to and kind of trust and just, you know, and just open up to has been a, a gift and very like, in a very kind of like personal way. Mm. Um, and I think living my life has been, it's almost, it's, it feels almost 180, you know, like, wow. you know, I grew up at a time, you know, where in my neighborhood, the, the people I grew up with, the I ideology of people around me was just so toxic, you know? Um, and then just even living, growing up in a Cambodian American family, you know, it's like, there's so much silence and there's so much, uh, pain and violence and just chaos, like all the time. And it's like, you know, I feel lucky that I was able to kind of like maintain myself somehow. Mm -hmm. And this process is a continuation of that. I feel like. If that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Kind of, yeah. Definitely. Thank you. Oh, of course. And thanks for sharing too. I mean, just um, that level of uh, openness as well. And it may feel vague, but also not vague in a lot of ways too. I think you know, just understanding what, what you're getting at and just, you know, the great um, women you've been able to be around, it sounds like in this production as well, and just the, the learning process it's been. So thanks for sharing that. Definitely appreciate it. Sonny, about what about you in terms of? I mean, you mentioned this was one of the roles that you or the role that you've enjoyed the most, um, and how much of that has just been from the character itself, and how much of that is from other players? Like, what about this role really brought you to that place? To say that, um, well, she goes on a journey, like a very profound, serious journey of character um, from a, a place of denial, kind of mm -hmm. of you know, uh, of wanting to not share the trauma in her life to protect her children from that knowledge. I feel like that's, at least that's how I'm playing her. Mm -hmm. uh, because I feel like, you know, you experience horrific things. Everyone does. And there are levels of trauma that people go through, you know, that can seem nothing to some, one person. But to that person, it is just as real. You know, and, and, I, and me wanting to protect her, you know, the kids from that, from knowing, you know, the horrors that I've seen, because I want them to live a normal life that is without that. Um, but then it kind of starts to come home <laughs> for the character, where in a very real way, like she's losing her grip on her family, you know, and they're, they're going away and, and not wanting to spend time with her. And, and I feel like in a desperate, desperate act, she's like, okay, I will try this, give you what you are asking of me, um, but it ends up freeing her too, in a way where she can release the toxicity inside mm -hmm. of her and be able to do things that she thought were dead to her all these years. You know, um, I feel like that's a, a very real journey that a lot of people go through. Um, personally, how I bring that to life. Um, you know, we all, all actors have their little secret bags. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you don't talk too much about them because they are your secret things. Um, and not everyone needs to know where you mine some of that gold from. Um, I, but in a very real way on stage, I try to make it as um, like, I have two children on stage 
and I love them deeply and I would die for them if I had to, you know, I mean, and, and that, that's, that's a very real feeling, especially if you have a child, you understand that in your soul, you know, if something were to happen, you would easily gratefully die for those children. It's just something that's universal. Um, and so I can bring that much of myself to, as a mother, you know, to that role. And then the rest of the trauma, it's not that difficult these days to be able to draw on the horrors of a war, you know, uh, and use some of that. But I usually, as things that I draw on to prepare to go to a dark place for two hours every day, six days a week, mm-hmm. <laughs> or sometimes four hours, depending on which day it is. Um, you have to go into a very dark place in your head, you know, and um, I've been able to do it fairly quickly where I don't have to live there all day long because that can be a very difficult person to live with for my family, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's honing the craft knowing how to access the good and the bad in yourself to try to bring it so people can relate to it in a very meaningful way, you know? So, but uh, the core of it uh, for me, all of this performance is all about love. Mm. Yeah, and that comes through so strongly as well. So I think you were definitely effective in that and just the way you were able to bring all those parts of yourself into the character and because that love definitely came across as well just the journey that you're on as 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 the mother as well thanks so much for sharing I say to uh to come back to you as well because again that you know my comments about the emotion like I felt it throughout and with all of the members of the cast but especially with your character in particular like a lot of that just felt so so honest and real, authentic and raw, all at the same time. So, just curious how you're able to to you know hone the craft, even as Sonny was talking about, so so effectively in that space, and how much of that again was from a personal place, or even just you know just being that much in the craft, or any of those those pieces in between. Thank you um, for that. I appreciate you saying that. Um, you know, when you first asked the question, my stomach immediately started to churn. Mm. And I was like, oh my God, thank God he's starting with Robert. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, oh, oh, okay. What does that, you know, what does that mean? Mm. Um, when I first auditioned for it, there's a scene and I was um, sort of practicing with my partner and he and we do a lot of that you know especially nowadays when everything is sort of done over zoom and um and he turned off the camera and he was really concerned for me Mm. really concerned about the words that i was saying and how you know it felt so connected to what my life has been and what he knows of me and so my challenge has been because pia is a different human being for me as much as I connect with her on a lot of different levels. My challenge was sort of really trying to find that separation um, and, and make sure that I honor her as a character. But of course there were things that, that, that came in that, you know, couldn't be helped. Mm. And then when those moments come, you know, 
the thing with live theater is you gotta go, you gotta go with it, which we've been doing with like, you know, the cell phones going off and uh, the pipes going off. Um, and I think I find, I, for me, I find character through other people, through real people and or through movies that I've watched. And in this case, I was sharing with Sam, um, I have a relative who reminds me so much of, of Pia. Mm. Uh, you know, she was talking about growing up and having to run to her neighbor's house because her parents were so scary. But when she talks about it, it's just sort of like as if she's sharing, you know, her favorite ice cream shop from when mm. she was a kid. It's not like it was super traumatic for her and oh my God, like save me. It was just more like, oh yeah, this is what happened. Um, so I drew a lot from that experience. Um, I have a friend who um, is an audiologist totally different from being a neuroscience, but a neuroscientist, but, um, you know, went through all the schooling. And at yeah. one point at one intersection of her life, she did have to make a sacrifice and not go to a particular school in order to help her family. Um, and so I've been lucky enough to draw from the community, um, that, that I have, uh, which, and I was telling Robert this too, when we first met, I was like, I am not that kind of Cambodian because <laughs> I didn't grow up in a place like Lowell, Massachusetts. I didn't grow up in Long Beach, California, where there really is a very, um, there's a, a bigger Cambodian community mm -hmm. and everyone's sort of, you know, interacting and speaking with one another and, and hanging out. I, I grew up in a very um, mostly white neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And so in some ways I was sort of ostracized from um, my own community. Um, but, you know, no one like, obviously, no matter where I go, if I meet another Khmer person, so welcoming, you know, because our community has been so separated. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel really blessed to be able to talk to my cousin who I haven't spoken to in years or to talk to my girlfriend also haven't spoken to in years to feel that community and that connection. Um, and then also the, the words on the page are everything. You know, I don't have to do a ton of work because everything that Pia is saying and everything the other character is saying, um, it's just like, how can you not feel, you know, when something's true, when something's honest, it's very, very hard to turn away from it. Okay. And that also applies to Robert and Sonny. And, and Emma and, and Kieran, who, you know, came with such honesty. It's how do you turn away from your scene partner when they're giving you so much to, to play on? I was really worried about the very ending. Like if I could get emotional every night and I'm like, thank God for Sonny. <laughs> <laughs> because just looking at her is and, and seeing what she's going through and telling her story and then listening to those words, a combination of those things, how can you not be so moved by what this woman is, has gone through and the bravery of, of having lived through that and raising two children and then sharing it with, with her daughter. So it's a combination of, of things. Yeah, really well said. And that authenticity definitely came out 
throughout the production too. Just, I mean, even as I'm listening to you all talk about it and thinking back to the production and, you know, having glimpses and flashbacks isn't the best word to use, but, you know, thinking about how you all looked at each other in certain moments and everything you just said really, I mean, I can think back and, and see that and sense that. And I think that's part of what was giving me that feeling as well um, as you all entered into those spaces in a lot of ways. Um, so really appreciate again, the way that you all have gone there in a brave way as well. Because even as Sonny mentioned, that's not a place that you can stay all day long for, for any for any number of reasons, but just the way that you all are able to um, weave in and out of that. And as you all are talking, I get a sense of community amongst the cast members and amongst the production crew and everybody as well, which I think also builds into what you all are doing. So again, just really grateful for the way that you all have captured that and are sharing that with audiences. Uh, Sam, I did want to loop back uh, to you as well. Again, you know, as a person who has written this, I'm going to mention a quote that I saw on your website because I really loved it, the way that you talked about your work, exploring interactions and collisions of race, gender, science, and technology, and centering characters occupying some kind of marginal space. Uh, you also mentioned that you hope to contribute to efforts to eliminate and elevate marginalized voices. Um, I think that's just so powerful. Um, it's definitely the case for me when I, again, when I watched the production and have seen that in your work, um, but also just wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, cause this authenticity has really come out in this conversation, something I sense as well. How have you been able to really craft that sense of authenticity in your work, even as you're elevating some of these marginalized voices? Well, thanks for, for point, for pointing to that description. I, I, I just want to say that I write, I write that as a way to understand what I do as an impulse. I think that mm. a lot of us do that. I feel like a lot of us who are, who are, who are members, who are in communities that are marginalized and decentered, not centered, naturally have that impulse. I mean, it's just speaking from our own truth and telling the stories that we know, which have not been centered and haven't been, um, and aren't widely recognized. So I just guess I just wanted to say too that when I write that and I, it's trying to, to, to just describe what I think a lot of us do naturally um, as artists who, who are making theater, like all of us on this call. Um, so I, I feel it's just part of what the, what the stories that I'm drawn to and the stories that, that are in me that, and the, or that I, that I'm, Try, that I want to give voice to or that I naturally give all, those are the ones that just that emerge because they're part of the 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 people who have been part of my lives and my life and the people who I interact with and the the stories I identify with um and then in terms of how I, I wouldn't I don't know how, how I just know that whenever I'm writing something and this is true for this play it's always about how am I connecting like I'm always connecting with the uh, the characters and the journey that they're on, and it, I I I have to I I wouldn't write it if I wasn't identifying mm -hmm. strongly with them, um, and I don't know how that will if that will you know resonate or not. It but it it always there's a kind of gravity to the I I feel that I'm drawn to certain. Um, material and characters and stories, and then maybe that's when I'm writing. I'm I'm 
writing from that perspective. And with 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 this play, I feel like I really connected with the mother, like with the parent and child and the silences that are in the family. I think that that's something that a lot of us have grown up with. And I'm not Cambodian American. My dad's Chinese. My mom is uh, Pennsylvania Dutch. It's, uh, so I, I, and I, and I still, but the, there was something about the quality of the, the silences and the inability to connect and the, the longing to connect and all of the different kinds of secrets and traumas that are buried in families. And I think especially in, well, not especially, but I know in a lot of um, immigrant families and I, I just immediately felt this, the longing to understand your history, your own history differently and feel that maybe there are other possibilities for the, for what has already been written for you or something that has already been imposed on you, but that if you could have some ability to to connect differently with members of your family and understand, um, understand your, yourself in a different way and somehow have, I think it's in, in this, I think there's a longing to do that for, that I have the longing to do that with family, to be able to transform relationships somehow. Understandable, but I mean, that was so well said in a lot of ways too, because I think, again, what you just brought out in the character is just that, I don't know if to call it discomfort, but, but just, yeah, that uncomfortable silence. And I felt like, you know, you all as cast members were just excellent in, in pulling out what Sam had written into that too, because I find myself following you all in that moment and reacting with you and say, oh, I wish this could come out here. I wish this could come out. So it just, again, felt so authentic and real. I think in a lot of ways that people will connect with that um, as well. Um, and then, I mean, to be completely honest, also watching it as a neuroscientist and you know, that can be good and bad because I'm thinking about well, what's happening in the brain at this moment. Oh, I wish this learned behavior could change here. And this, so, I mean, in a sense, you all pulled me along for the ride in an authentic way that was having me walk with you, but also yearning for things to be different, thinking about what's happening in the brain. So on lots of different levels, again, I think it was really just important to have those, those stories told in such authentic and powerful ways. Um, but on that level of authenticity as well, and again, this is going to be you know, this is something that's not maybe as generalizable, but again, just watches in neuroscientists. I think a lot of scientists from different fields who might watch the play will also be encouraged to see how well you all integrated some of those scientific concepts, again, in a, in a thoughtful and authentic way that had real life application, because there's always that tension as well. Um, when Sam and I were talking, one of the things we talked about as well was just this tension that sometimes comes up within scientific communities of promising new therapies and new changes, but then having that balance of how realistic is this? Is this something that we can see in one to two years? Is this something five, 10, 20 years down the road? And so again, from a point of authenticity, it was really nice for me to see that interplay and that tension also play out in the production as you all were talking about memories um, and traumas and whether those things could be rewritten and, and, and removed even, but then also this tension of, well, is this something that we can only do in rats and mice, or does this actually have applicability to humans as well? So without going into the weeds as a neuroscientist, because that, that's a tendency that I could definitely <laughs> lean towards, but I did want to mention that that level of authenticity, just in terms of bringing that part to life was something that really struck me um, as well. Um, and then again, as a mental health advocate, just 
again, getting back to those, those awkward or uncomfortable silences, the ways that you've all highlighted that. And that was probably that urge that I was having to kind of push things forward as well, just because, you know, we've talked about that in a lot of different communities, um, even in, um, you know, in African-American and black communities and others, immigrant communities, as you all have mentioned, them also the son of immigrants, but the ways that those things can be attention and sit. Um, so I'm wondering if any of you would be willing to just share, you know, what you've observed um, either within Cambodian, Cambodian American communities in terms of, you know, these awkward sciences, are things moving forward? Because in the play, that was definitely something I took away that you're trying to move these things forward. And that didn't happen in the play in terms of talking about some of the mental health challenges and traumas, but anything you all are willing to share from either your experiences, your observations um, in the communities you've been involved in, in terms of mental health conversations. First, I want to say I am not a member of the Cambodian American community. I am of Korean heritage, um, but I was raised by uh, the Browns, who are a very white couple from New upstate New York. Um, so I, I cannot speak to, to that question. Um, I can say that as an actress, um, therapy is not a foreign island at all, because most actors are troubled enough where they need to a good amount of therapy just to be able to access themselves and know what's going on in their emotional lives. So um, it has, like, I, I understand the, the benefit mm. of being able to go through your own personal ghosts and, and uh, horrors and, and to bring it out as an actress it helped that actually, it, I, I don't think you would be, the idea of erasing people's memories, I feel like is, um, would take away from that person. Like, like mm -hmm. Durrani says in the play, you know, that you change that person, you know, you, you don't want to erase everything there because it could affect them in a way where they may not be recognizable, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and I, I believe that, you know, even though I mean, if, it, if it keeps you from being able to live your life at all, where you can't get out of bed and you just want to die all the time, then yeah, maybe it would have some sort of benefit. But for, for most people, I feel like you, you need your history. Mm -hmm. But um, for the rest of the community, I can't speak to that at all. That, that would have to be Robert and say. Well, I appreciate you sharing that perspective as well. I agree with you, you know, just to, and then we've talked about this on the podcast times, but the learning that can happen from painful and challenging situations that you wouldn't want to lose and remove as well even though they still are challenging and painful. Um, I guess I'll say the, the, the Cambodian-American experience and the community in, in my mind, in my heart, and also the mental illness as its own thing mm -hmm. are very kind of interwoven mm -hmm. in, in my experience. Um, and that just is i don't know if it's good or bad or or you know there's so many conversations to have with that but it that just has that's how it has been for me mm -hmm. um and uh you know per se is reading this book which i i really love like when i first read that book i it, it changed a lot of my ideas i mm -hmm. saw things very differently um after that and um i think Man, I don't know. I have very strong opinions, I think, in about when it comes to the conversations that we have about mental health. And I think we're definitely having more conversations today. But it's one of those things that feels like 
we're trying to unearth more of like the realities of how we have been having it before. There's been so much damage done. I feel like and maybe I'm just so hyper focused on certain on, on those things. But you know, I've witnessed I've witnessed people who are close to me be, you know, be heavily kind of like corralled within that like big pharmacy and the uh the larger kind of like confirmation bias of what health is. Mm-hmm. And we know that, you know, over time it's been revealed to be a lot of fallacies in terms of health in general mm-hmm. and mental health. And uh, sometimes I just get like, you know, I'm not sure if it's worth moving forward, even mm-hmm. though I ultimately faith wise, I do believe that we are moving forward, right? With mental health and with the Cambodian American community in terms of um, how those the two things come together. Uh, faith wise, I do believe we are going forward. It just feels like it's one of those like, you know, two, te- two steps forward, one step back. And sometimes it's one step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, but ultimately I do think we are going forward. Um, it's just really difficult, you know, it's, yeah. um, you know, I think again, with these marginalized communities and also with compass, with topics that are not generally widely at scale mm-hmm. had, um, this challenge is there, you know? So because it's important to me, that doesn't always mean it's going to be important to everyone else. And it's like, there's a struggle there mm-hmm. with having that conversation, but you know, I'm grateful for this conversation because that's what we're talking about and that's what's needed yeah um yeah yeah that's really all said and i'm, I'm with you on that 100 percent too and you know some of just thinking as as you're talking to and this may be related but also a little bit sorry, but just so, you know like you mentioned a lot of things moving forward but also moving back and the way that things are sometimes portrayed or talked about um and, you know another thing that we've talked about just on this podcast culturally like how are people actually talking about mental health and when we go to different communities, are we centering that on a white male experience? Are we actually thinking about the culture that people are coming from? And that definitely stood out in the play too, as you all were acting out the different roles, but like what, what understanding do people have about other people's experience, that cultural competency? So I don't know if that's where you're heading, but that's one thing that came to mind as you were sharing too, which I think makes things go back and forth sometimes too, because you can actually end up making things worse because you're approaching it in one framework. There's a real important topic to discuss within mental health, but you approach it, approach it from the wrong angle that you actually do more, more harm. So I think those are really important um, conversations. And again, for me, it's encouraging just to be all, you know, Robert, as you mentioned, to be able to have this conversation in this space to continue to elevate those pieces and to make sure that things are done in a way that's appropriate and that there's room for learning and that no one says they have kind of all the answers from one framework alone. So as you can tell, that definitely resonates with me as well. To say anything that you want to add on that topic as we're talking um, about? Yeah. A couple of things that came to mind for me was like, well, I don't, I didn't want to um, answer that question because I was like, well, I don't want people to think that my experience is the Cambodian American mm-hmm. experience. Um, so my parents really were open to talking about it, talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't listen when I was a kid. <laughs> um, or they talked about it in different ways. You know, it was like, you must be Cambodian at home. You're not allowed to speak English, you know, because we had so much erased or you have to learn how to do Cambodian ballet or listen to Cambodian music. So it felt like it was very forced upon. Mm. But then of course I hear people whose parents never spoke about it. Um, I was 
talking to another uh, a mixed Cambodian American friend who didn't know who uh, I said Khmer Kaham, which is um, our translation for the Khmer Rouge, and he didn't know who that was, and I was like blown away mm. that he at least had didn't know what that word was because I heard it all the time growing up, mm-hmm. and then I remember hearing about someone's relative who was homeless because they had some mental issues and it shocked me. Mm. It was like, I can't imagine anybody in the Cambodian community being homeless because, you know, we always take care of our own was the idea. So Mm. um, that's just all to say um, that there's just such a wide range of experiences. Um, And also based upon, I'm certain, you know, which wave you came in, that was something that was really new to me when I started doing the play is realizing, oh, that's why some Cambodians might be different from me or others is depending on the wave. So were you the first wave that got out um, with the American troops escaping Cambodia because you had the money or even prior? Were you the second wave, Um, which I can't remember quite when that was, maybe that was right when things were falling and then or the third wave which is what my family went through being refugees being in thailand after the country had fallen so i'm certain that your mental health and experience is also based on that um another thing that came up for me was my family and i um were blessed enough to go back to cambodia together Mm i had gone there with just my mom and then a friend, and then my brother who was born in the camps with me and my sister who was born in America, we all went together. So there are these like three very different experiences. Um, But what really struck my brother um, was how happy everyone was. And he's a very happy person, but he couldn't believe, you know, you're going to a third world country Um, there's people who don't have nearly as much materialism as you do electricity, running water. And he was like, people here are so happy. Mm. It was what his experience was. And then, you know, learning that there isn't a word for depression. I mean, I don't know the word, Robert, if you know the word for depression and Khmer, I'm happy to, to hear it, to be educated, but there isn't even a word for that. Um, so how do you begin to have a conversation about something that, again, going back to like, you know, verbalizing the thing which you're experiencing is so important. How do you begin to have that discussion when you don't even have a word for the thing that you're supposed to try to be verbalizing? So not an easy answer. Yeah, the real answer. Upon. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I appreciate you highlighting those complexities as well because it's not a a monolithic experience like you mentioned and just the different pieces that you've even started to see more and more over time which I know is going to be helpful for all of us to continue to think about so I appreciate you mentioning and just sharing your experience going back as well with your family and your brother just all the I mean there's so many things we could actually unpack there as well but definitely appreciate (laughs) definitely appreciate that yeah yeah of course so if we start to wrap up, this time has gone quickly. Sam, I want to loop back to you and also just talk about, uh, I'm here, what you want audience members to actually take from the production as they're watching it and experiencing it. And then we'll ask the others as well. 
Yeah, that, that's always a hard question. I feel like everyone comes to it so different with their own set of experiences and like different elements of the play will resonate differently for everyone. And I, and I don't mean that to not answer the question. I just think that I don't have an idea of like what I want people to take from it. I, I just hope that it connect, that people connect with it in some way that it, it illuminates something for them or um, uh, allows that, I, that people can respond, respond and like mm. feel some connection with the material in a way that you can take, like reframe something or it allows you to maybe experience something um, a little bit differently or see, or, or see something a little bit differently or, or reinforce something. I mean, I don't, even if someone pushes back against something very strongly and um, I think that's engagement Mm -hmm. And for me, it's about connecting with people, connecting with people and whatever way people come to the story and whatever way they connect with it is how that person will connect. <laughs> and yeah. I think so. Yeah, that's how I feel. Really well said. That was still, that was a good answer to the question. Not avoided, but I think that's really, <laughs> really, really important the way you phrase that. Robert, what about you? Maybe I should rephrase the question a bit, so not necessarily that people would take from it, but what you're also hoping to, uh, maybe just the hope that you have for us as a society moving forward, um, just either personally or within the context of the production. Yeah, um, I think my hopes have been very uh, focused throughout this entire thing and still is now is that I, it's very simple. I, I just, I, I'm only hoping that Cambodian people see it and can have a growing sensation or a growing um, feeling of of their own selves, of their own importance, of their own place in the world. Mm. Um, and that has been kind of like my only concern. Like I actually, to be very honest, I'm not really concerned with anyone else seeing it at all. Mm. Um, and it's just like, you know, I get really... I get really, uh, so many mixed emotions, but mm. I do get very happy to think about someone having that experience. And because I know some of the experiences I've had and the struggles I've had to kind of like come into myself and to, mm. to allow myself to be like, you know, this is something I, I deserve or this is something that is like, I'm worth this or that, you know? Mm. And if there's anyone out there who has similar experiences to me, who feels that way, I relate to that. And I think it can be very important for that person to have that experience, to sit there and, essentially be talked about for two hours you mm -hmm. know and eventually you start to get that feeling you know is that like if i sit 100 people down and i talk about you for two yeah. hours eventually you're gonna be like oh maybe i'm important because people are like you know staying on it yeah so that's my hope that's my hope and 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 i'm uh i don't know how far i can go i don't know all the different ways that it can be received or all the different responses but that is that is my hope mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Being seen, being seen and elevated in lots of different ways. Thanks so much for sharing that. And I can definitely tell that passion's there too. So, Sonny, what about you? What I hope people take away from that, well, I hope not just Cambodian Americans see this or Cam I, I hope everyone sees it um, because I feel like there are universal truths being told um, in the show 
And uh, so I feel like it can resonate with a lot of people. I mean, I, more than one mother has come up to me and said, I know that relationship between mother and daughter. Mm. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> hey, that you can recognize that something mm-hmm. that, that, you know, um, that we brought to life on stage. Um, I, I, I would like people to understand the truth of be, that's being told, you know, that uh, America is not <laughs> the, the big hero that everyone wants them to believe we are. We, we're a great country, but we have flaws mm-hmm. and we have done some heinous things. Um, and I think shedding a light on that. So, cause a lot of people only know Vietnam. A lot of people don't understand Pol Pot, you know, and what happened mm-hmm. in Cambodia. And that's something that should be taught in history alongside mm-hmm. with a lot of other stuff along that a lot of people are trying to, uh, whitewash if that's the right word right word um mm-hmm. right now it's going on censoring is going on and i feel like it's important now to tell the truths of whether it, it puts you in a bad light or not the truth is more important because hopefully it will be repeated you know historically mm-hmm. like it is being done now today <laughs> so yeah. yeah i feel like it's important in that way that everyone should see it yeah, really well said. Sam, I'm going to give you the final word. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, well, just to say, I should definitely not have the final word. Um, you know, after this is all said and done and, and people listen to the podcast, I, I do hope that people, it encourages people to do their own research mm-hmm. and come well to said. their own conclusions. Well said. Um, about things that they may not have been familiar with or things that interest them, um, things that they may disagree with, whatever it may be. Um, I just know that, you know, when I get really interested in something, I'll start Googling it, I'll start looking it up. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the important thing is that we somehow pique someone's interest out there. Um, my, my goal is twofold. Um, one, for there's so much information in the play, so much good information, information that I, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So any any information that people can take from the play, um, whether it's related to science, whether it's related to you know the brain and relationships and fear memory, or whether it's related to um, you know Cambodian stories, that's also really really rich there too. Sam did such a great job of incorporating so many experiences and ideas um, and and histories. So anything that people can take away from that aspect um, and say, oh, I didn't know that. I had no idea. That makes me happy to hear my friends or whoever come to the play and say, I didn't realize that Um, because that's the seed, you know? Um, And then the second thing is, you know, having (laughs) worked on Pia for so long, you know, researching different aspects of neuroscience and really thinking about where she comes from and her history and her story, you know, I can't help but feel like a kinship towards her and really want to advocate and and be protective of the fact that, you know, I hope people can walk away understanding that, you know, her blind spot was her love for her family and her and wanting and need to, to have this connection. You know, she's a lot of like very angry outburst and a lot of, um, <laughs> she has a lot of things that maybe they didn't even make sense to me sometimes. So I think that I hope that parents and children walk away sort of understanding like, 
oh, is that something that I do or have experienced um, myself? And I did have one friend who couldn't speak after the play. She was so emotional about her own relationship with her kids because she had seen the relationship that um, Pia and Chantre had had. So, you know, in some ways it's like, yes, (laughs) we did it. Yeah. Um, But yeah, those are my two goals. Yeah, that's great. Well, again, I appreciate what you all have done in this production from the writing to the acting to so many different components. And again, just how you all engaged in this conversation too, because I know, you know, some of these topics are emotional too. I know we were entering in uh, together. So I definitely appreciate your willingness to do that. And you can tell that this is something that I'm, I've been really excited about. So I also appreciate your patience with my five questions in a row because they're just kind of all bubbling out at once. Um, but again, really grateful for the production. I hope folks, uh, this will be airing in time for folks to still go and see a production if they're able to. So I'm just, um, and again, all the things that you all share just in terms of the impact that this can have for Cambodians and for society in general. So grateful for the time you all have taken to talk here on the podcast. I know the listeners will enjoy hearing this. And I imagine that people will do some research afterwards and even go back and re-listen to the episodes because there's so many nuggets along the way as well. So appreciate you all being here and thanks so much for joining the Addy Hour. Thank you, doctor. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it.